We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 97.1 FM Talk. On-demand audio. Every single day, reality calls. And the Biden administration just hangs up. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Mark Reardon. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? All I ask is that you're a woman. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. The Mark Reardon Show is on now. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, that particular open is very apropos for this Thursday afternoon. And I'm a little sad because I have a very lonely studio. Sue is out for a few days. Fred, however, is back this afternoon, so that's good news. He's been off. How about uh, Fred Bottenheimer over there, ladies and gentlemen? Abby got sick, so now it's just me, and Trisha, unfortunately, got uh, stuck with me today, so she's helping me out with the show, but I want to get right into something. I was up early this morning, and this is a stunning story, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm, I'm hoping that it results in finally some positive movement on stopping this crazy trans movement that's out there. And I see this story early this morning, and, and then it goes, I blasted it out probably around 6.30 on Twitter, and then Barry Weiss picks it up, right? And Abigail Schreier, who's written about this particular issue, um, other people nationally, hotair.com picks it up, right? Now, my prediction at first was that the Post and the local media will not cover it. My friends down the hall at KMOX put a couple of lines in the story. I think they can do a little bit more than that. And shock of all shocks, the Post-Dispatch actually just ran with this. I just tweeted it out. You can always follow me on Twitter, at Mark Reardon KFTK. But I have to get to what Jamie Reed has written in this particular piece that is in the free press. And as a companion piece here, there's a guy by the name of Chris Elston. I actually think this is where I saw the story first. He's known as Billboard Chris on Twitter. He's traveling this country taking a stand against this nonsense gender ideology. He's in Oklahoma today. They've had a big, big controversy in the uh, Capitol there, and he's going to comment on this case. But let me get right into it because this is very detailed, and I would recommend those of you interested in this, you... um, you get this story. Now, you might meet me to paywall if you go to the Free Press's site because uh, it was starting to do that to me today, but we were able to grab the story for first before that happened. So this is a woman, Jamie Reed, who in the headline of the story in this, the freepress.com, actually it's thefp.com, uh, the headline is, I thought I was saving trans kids, now I'm blowing the whistle. I'm a 42-year-old St. Louis native queer woman and politically to the left of Bernie Sanders, okay? 
My worldview has deeply shaped my career. I have spent my professional life providing counseling to vulnerable populations, children in foster care, sexual minorities, the poor. For almost four years, I worked at the Washington University School of Medicine Division of Infectious Diseases with teens and young adults who were HIV positive. Many of them were trans or otherwise gender nonconforming, and I could relate, she writes. Through childhood and adolescence, I did a lot of gender questioning myself. I'm now married to a trans man, and together we are raising two biological children from a previous marriage and three foster children we hope to adopt. And now I have... I have to take a little sip of Diet Coke because and this always happens when I have a lonely studio. I can feel like a little coughing spell coming on. All that led me to a job in 2018 as the case manager at the Washington University Transgender Center at St. Louis Children's Hospital, which had been established a year earlier. The center's working assumption was that the earlier you treat kids with gender dysphoria, the more anguish you can prevent later on. This premise was shared by the center's doctors and therapists. Given their expertise, Jamie writes, I assume that abundant evidence backed this consensus. Well, she was wrong. And she writes, during the four years I worked at the clinic as a case manager, I was responsible for patient intake and oversight. Around a thousand distressed young people came through our doors. The majority of them received hormone prescriptions that can have life-altering consequences. Now, she says, I left the clinic in November of last year because I could no longer participate in what was happening there. This was just this past November. By the time I departed, I was certain that the way the American medical system is treating these patients is the opposite of the promise we make to do no harm. Instead, we are permanently harming the vulnerable patients in our care. And she admits, going public here, is potentially not a great thing to do. She says, I'm doing so, I'm speaking out, knowing how toxic the public conversation around this is. Almost everyone in my life advised me to keep my head down, but I cannot in good conscience do so because what's happening to scores of children is far more important than my comfort. And she starts outlining what happened there. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as you hear the details, and I would suggest that this is more than just PG-13 rated, some of the uh, topics. So if you or picking up the kids at school. Uh, well, you know, if they're old enough, maybe they should hear this. Uh, if, if the folks at Wash U, and they have not responded, and Children's Hospital are not forced by our local and national media, forced to respond to this and answer serious questions, then we have reached a new level of media malpractice in this country. And I'm expecting that that will not happen. The Post did a story because Hawley complained about this, He says he's announcing an investigation, but we'll see how much follow-up there is because this is a major blockbuster of a story that has now blown up nationally, bigly. She says, soon after my arrival at the Transgender Center, I was struck by the lack of formal protocols for treatment. The center's physician co-directors were essentially the sole authority. At first, the patient, this is interesting too, when you hear the numbers here, and, and I think most of you, if you're paying attention to this issue, you understand what's happening here and how this is a social contagion. At first, the patient population was tipped toward what used to be the traditional, she puts that in quote, instance of a child with gender dysphoria, a boy, often quite young, who wanted to present as who wanted to be a girl. Until 2015 or so, a very small number of these boys comprised the population of pediatric gender dysphoria cases. Then across the Western world, there began to be a dramatic increase in a new population, 
teenage girls, many with no previous history of gender distress, suddenly declared they were transgender and demanded immediate treatment with testosterone. Jamie says, I saw this at the center. One of my jobs was to do intake for new patients and their families. When I started there, there were probably 10 calls a month. When I left, there were 50, and about 70% of the new patients were girls. Sometimes clusters of girls arrive from the same high school. Now, that confirms what we've heard from people in classrooms, that you have a cluster of girls that like to change their pronouns, and then parents are confused. Uh, What the hell is going on? Now, she says, this concerned me. I didn't feel I was in a position to sound the alarm. There was a team of about eight of us. Only one other person brought up the kinds of questions I had. Anyone who raised doubts ran the risk of being called a transphobe. The girls who came to us had many comorbidities. She says, depression, anxiety, ADHD, eating disorders, obesity. Many were diagnosed with autism or had autism-like symptoms. A report last year on a British pediatric transgender center found that about one-third of the patients referred there were on the autism spectrum. I did not know that. That's, that's new information. Frequently, Jamie writes, our patients declared they had disorders that no one believed they had. We had patients who said they had Tourette syndrome, but they didn't. They had tic disorders, but they didn't. That they had multiple personalities, but they didn't. Those are her, her words, not mine. Her words. She writes this. The doctors privately recognized these false self-diagnoses as a manifestation of a social contagion because that's what it is they even acknowledge that suicide has an element of social contagion but when i said we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Clusters of girls streaming into our service looked as if their gender issues might be a manifestation of social contagion. The doctors at Wash U and Children's Hospital said gender identity reflected something innate. Even at birth... Even in the womb, I've heard in the last couple of days from some of the gender experts. This is where we are right now. To begin transitioning, the girls needed a letter of support from a therapist, usually one we recommended, who only had to see the girls once or twice for the green light. To make it more efficient for the therapist, we offered them a template for how to write a letter in support of transition. The next stop was a single visit to the uh, endocrinologist for testosterone prescription. That's all it took. That's all it took. When a female takes testosterone, Jamie wrote, the profound and permanent effects of the hormone can be seen in a matter of months. Voices drop, beards sprout, body fat is redistributed, sexual interest explodes, aggression increases, mood can be unpredictable. Our patients were told about some of the side effects, including sterility. But after working at the center, I came to believe that the teenagers are simply not capable of fully grasping what it means to make the decision to become infertile while still a minor. Go figure. Isn't that weird that they wouldn't have the ability to do that? So she goes into, um, she's got emails, by the way. She documented a lot of this stuff. So there's, there's an email where she is concerned because somebody emailed her about a 15-year-old male patient. Oh, dear. I'm concerned that this patient does not understand what bica lumetide does. I'm not a pharmacist. I'm not a physician. I'm going to assume that I pronounced that right. I probably didn't. But it's a medication used to treat Metastatic, 
metastatic prostate cancer. I'm not good at some of these medical terms, ladies and gentlemen. Just forgive me. Prostate cancer. I should just skip the, uh, the words I can't pronounce. And one of its side effects is that it feminizes the bodies of the men who take it, including the appearance of breasts. The center prescribed this cancer drug as a puberty blocker and a feminizing agent for boys. As with most cancer drugs, there's a lot of side effects. And this patient experienced one of them, liver toxicity. He was sent to another unit of the hospital for evaluation, immediately taken off the drug. Afterward, his mother sent an electronic message to the transgender center saying that they were lucky her family was not the type to sue. Bad decision on the family's part. I would have sued for a lot. How little patients, Jamie wrote, understood what they were getting to was illustrated by a call we received at the center in 2020 from a 17-year-old biological female patient who was on testosterone. She said she was bleeding from the vagina. In less than an hour, she had soaked through an extra heavy pad, her jeans, and a towel that she had wrapped around her waist. The nurse at the center told her to go to the ER right away. We found out later this girl had had intercourse, and because testosterone thins the vaginal tissues, her vaginal canal had ripped open. I do apologize because this is pretty graphic, but it is what it is at this point. She had to be sedated and given surgery to repair the damage. She wasn't the only vaginal laceration case we heard about. Other girls were disturbed by the effects of testosterone on their clitoris, which enlarges and grows into what looks like a microphallus or a tiny penis. Jamie Reed says, I counseled one patient whose enlarged clitoris now extended below her vulva, and it chafed and rubbed painfully in her jeans. This is the moment where the host is very glad Sue is not in the room to have to hear all this, but you, you are. Uh, I advised her to get the kind of compression undergarments worn by biological men who dress to pass as a female. In the end of the call, I thought to myself, "Why? wow, we hurt this kid. Uh, now, she says this. She says there are rare conditions where... Babies are born with atypical genitalia that calls for sophisticated care and compassion. But clinics like the one where I worked here in St. Louis at Wash U and Children's Hospital, Jamie Reed wrote, are creating a whole cohort of kids with atypical genitals. And most of these teens haven't even had sex yet. They had no idea who they were going to be as adults. Yet all it took for them to permanently, permanently transform themselves was one or two short conversations with a therapist. She says, sometimes the parents' understanding of what they had agreed to came forcefully, like this mother, who wrote, please be advised, I'm revoking my consent for this course of medical treatment. Grades have dropped. There's been an inpatient behavioral health visit, and now he's on five different medications, Lexapro, Trazodone, Boostpar, etc. He's a shell of his former self, riddled with anxiety. Who knows if it's because of the hormone blockers or the other medications. I revoke my consent. I want the hormone blocker removed. Thank you. Besides teenage girls, another new group was referred to as young people from the inpatient psychiatric unit or the emergency department of St. Louis Children's Hospital. The mental health of these kids was deeply concerning. There were diagnoses like schizophrenia, PTSD, bipolar disorder, and more. Often they were already on a fistful of pharmaceuticals. This was tragic but unsurprising given the profound trauma some had been through. Now, this part here is, I'm just going to tell you, is bizarre. But I'm going to read it to you because she gets into stuff that is crazy wacky. Some weeks, she says, it felt like almost our entire caseload was nothing but disturbed young people. For example, one teenager came to us in the summer 
of 2022. That was last year, for those of you keeping track, when he was 17 years old, living in a lockdown facility because he had been sexually abusing dogs. He had an awful childhood. His mother was a drug addict. His father was imprisoned. He grew up in foster care. Whatever treatment he may have been getting, it wasn't working. She writes, during our intake, I learned from another caseworker that, caseworker rather, that when he got out, he planned to reoffend because he believed the dogs had willingly submitted. But somewhere along the way, he expressed a desire to become female. So he ended up at Wash U and Children's Hospital. From there, he went to a psychologist at the hospital who was known to approve virtually everyone seeking transition. That's great, right? Tell me this does not or shouldn't involve the attorney general and law enforcement. This, if it's not criminal... It should be. She writes, then our doctor recommended feminizing hormones. At the time, I wondered if this was being done as a form of chemical castration. That same thought came up with another case. This was in the spring of last year. Concerned a young man who had intense obsessive compulsive order that manifested as a desire to cut off his penis after he masturbated. This patient expressed no gender dysphoria, but he got hormones. I asked the doctor what protocol he was following. Never got a straight answer. Now, I'm not reading this whole thing because it's really, really long, and she highlights a lot of different things in here that need to be highlighted. Um, Let me skip ahead here just a little bit. She goes, my concerns about what was going on at the center started to overtake my life. By the spring of 2020, I felt a medical and moral obligation to do something. So I spoke up in the office, sent plenty of emails, many of which she is documenting in this piece. Here's one example. January 6th last year, 2022, I received an email from a staff therapist asking me, for help with a case of a 16-year-old transgender male living in another state. Parents are open to having patients see a therapist, but are not supportive of gender, and patient does not want parents to be aware of gender identity. I'm having a challenging time finding a gender-affirming therapist. So Jamie Reed replies, I do not ethically agree with linking a minor patient to a therapist who would be gender-affirming with gender as a focus of their work without that being discussed with the parents and the parent agreeing to that kind of care. That seems to make sense, too, right? So, and she documents all this stuff, by the way. There's emails and the email proof, okay? In all my years at Washington University School of Medicine, she says, I received solidly positive performance reviews, but in 2021, that changed. I got a below-average mark for my, quote, judgment and, quote, working relationships, cooperative spirit. Although I was described as responsible, conscientious, hardworking, and productive, the evaluation noted, at times, Jamie, Jamie responds poorly to direction from management with defensiveness and hostility. Now, look, I, some of this stuff, I'm always open to another side of the story. Who knows if she was a difficult person at work? At this point, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't because there's there's so much in here that needs to be exposed. And when she says at one point she came across comments from Dr. Rachel Levine, of course, who's the DHS um, official, not secretary, but high-ranking official at DHS, Rachel Levine from Pennsylvania, trans. The article read, Levine, the U.S. Assistant Secretary for Health, said that clinics are proceeding carefully, that no American children are receiving drugs or hormones for gender dysphoria who shouldn't. Well, that's not true. And Jamie says, I felt stunned and sickened. It wasn't true. And I know from deep firsthand experience. So I started writing down everything I could about my experience at the Transgender Center. Two weeks ago, I brought my concerns and documents to the attention of Missouri's attorney general. He is a Republican. I am a progressive. But the safety of children should not be a matter for our culture wars. And some of the stats in here should scream very loudly that we have a problem in this country. 
And for those parents out there, and I'm expecting they're not listening to this show right now, who have put their kids through this because you're a progressive and you think it's the right thing to do and it's going to help them, you've mutilated them. And it's child abuse. And you should probably go to prison, although you won't. In the past 15 years, the U.S. has gone from having no pediatric gender clinics to more than 100. A thorough analysis should be undertaken to find out what has been done to their patients and why. There's a clear path for us to follow. We covered this, by the way. Just last year, England shut down the Tavistock Center, the only youth gender clinic in the country, after an investigation revealed shoddy practices and poor patient treatment. Sweden and Finland, too, have investigated pediatric transition and greatly curbed the practice. Some critics describe the treatment offered at places like the Transgender Center at Wash U, where I worked as a kind of national experiment, but that's wrong. Experiments are supposed to be carefully designed. Hypotheses are supposed to be tested ethically. The doctors I worked alongside at the Transgender Center that frequently said frequently about the treatment of our patients, we are building the plane while we are flying it. And Jamie Reed says... No child should be a passenger on that kind of aircraft. That is a stunning story. We'll see how much follow-up it gets. Uh, Shame on Wash U. And, hey, how about some response, Wash U? When The Post did this story, and they posted it a little earlier this afternoon, Andrew Bailey, the AG, had not weighed in, and Wash U had not weighed in. You know why? Because they don't know what to say right now. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.